and welcome to Songs of Strange, the non-religious religion podcast, where we investigate issues of a biblical proportion, like testing the buoyancy of a wicker basket on the River Nile. Each week, we're going to be taking a different section of the Bible and giving it a modern twist. As a disclaimer, we are not anti-Bible and we're not anti-Christian, but us sinners need a divine inspiration, and we thought we're better to look. Hello, Billy. Hi, Gareth. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's your I'm week? good. We've had some audio difficulties today. We? Yeah, because we're a team. <laughs> I don't like this team. I think we need to have some sort of team intervention. We don't need a team intervention. But no, uh, apart from our audio difficulties, which have now fixed, mm-hmm. and let's face it, they can't be any worse than my audio in episodes one and two. But no, my week has been good. I've been working. I started a second job today. Wonderful. And then I came home and my sister told me I was eating a kebab wrong. So... Well, I got very attacked. I, uh, you sent me a video of her doing a, dr- a dramatic reenactment. It was <laughs> like watching Law and Order. Um, yeah. Dum dum. Dum dum. And I don't think there's any issue with how you eat it. I think wrapping it up into some sort of wrap is an easier way to eat it. If anything, eating a, a, a kebab, a, it wasn't even like, listeners, it wasn't even like a tikka kebab. It wasn't a shish kebab. This was a dirty donner. Dirty donner. Eating a dirty donner with a knife and fork is obscene it's worse yeah you can't make it better why would you, you just cutting it, it up into very small bites but yeah it was nice to have some family time today we don't get to do that very often especially during the pandemic so uh how was your week uh i was okay yeah uh, i had some holiday this week i was supposed to go to geneva uh didn't yeah. do that because of covid so COVID. i just stayed at home and played video games and had eye strain most of the weekend which was great I like how you make uh, this pandemic sound like a character in a telenovela. Yeah. Pan- ah, COVID. COVID. <laughs> it is COVID. <laughs> but I'm sorry you couldn't go to Geneva. I know, and I was supposed to go with my mum. So it's yeah. it's kind of the same as this. Like, I wish I could have that family time, but COVID gets in the COVID. way. So I feel like you've got to put like a slight lisp on the D. COVID. COVID. Yeah. COVID. 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 What is this week's commandment, Billy? This week's commandment, linking to both our things, is honour thy father and thy mother and thy days that may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Which, you know, this is this one is quite simple. Mm. Respect your parents, you know, so that they can live long, fruitful lives. Exactly. I actually find this one quite hard to research outside of the box. Yes, I think in our pre-game, in our pre-match briefings, <laughs> pre-match, our huddles, <laughs> huddles, you have gone more out of the box than I have. We had quite different upbringings, I guess. I don't think either of us have had bad relationships with our parents by any means. No, no. Um, I mean, from my upbringing, obviously, my dad was military, mm. so he would spend long chunks of the year away from home. Yeah. There's a story that he spent six months under the polar ice caps in a submarine. I can't breathe right now. I'm about to have a panic attack. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, if you're claustrophobic, submarines aren't a good thing. And I have many stories about that. But yeah, and then obviously I was at boarding school. And so now from the pandemic is the is the longest time I've been spending with my parents since I was probably about nine, mm. I think. But then you obviously... Well, always with your family. I was always with my mum and my stepdad and my two sisters. We all lived together um, in our home. and In our home. In, our... Not in... <laughs> in one of On our many streets. hotels. 
<laughs> we went to do I was like, I pretended you were rich like Daddy Warbucks and Annie Rich and you were just there like, No, I am a street urchin. I am you the Hovis boy. Talk about. <laughs> the Hovis boy. I know about the Hovis boy. Is this like a Mr. Smacklegs, like who you got your bread from? I don't know. No, this is an actual promotional material that Hovis did. I only know about it because my teacher made us study it in my A level media studies. Because um, that was a useful A level. Look at you look now. Look at me now. And I just remember as being made to watch this advert from like the nineties of a boy taking a bike up a hill. It looks like Harrogate in the north. If people know the north, not Harrogate, sorry, Haworth, um, with a loaf of bread. Long story and that, short, that, that was the entire advert. That was, was me. It, or... Where is his home? Is it made of bread? I don't know. The Hobus boy. <laughs> okay, I mean, I feel like he doesn't rank with the Patak child. You are obsessed with the Patek Child. I love that advert so much. (laughs) When I first came to England. Honestly, such a good story. The Pateks will sue us. Yeah. Sponsor us. I love your sauce. Thank you. Anyhow. Anyhow. Already we're off topic. So, Honour, my mother and father, we've had very different upbringings. So, you were in your home. Yes, carry on. In my home with my mum and my stepdad. Lived there until I moved out to uni. We lived in the same house from when my parents broke up. And recently, uh, I lost my stepdad. About a year and a few months ago, he had a cycling accident and he died. I don't want to make this sad, but it seems like whenever you bring this up with people like, oh, I'm sorry. And you know that I have been making dead dad jokes since the moment it happened. Yeah, I think you don't make them in poor taste. And obviously you don't make them around strangers. Welcome strangers to the podcast. I wish. Billy's talking about her dead dad. <laughs> Billy's talking about her dead dad. I wish I, I could mean, though, because we talked about this. It's, it's one of the reasons why I love true crime. And it's something that a, a true crime podcast that I love say a lot is that when dealing with tragedy or shocking or upsetting things, you want to laugh about it. Because that's a way of coping with it, to not make it sad. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this earlier. A friend of mine, Alexa Gibbons, a very funny comedian, she's done a show, an entire comedy show, about losing her dad. Yeah. It's annoying. This is coming out the week after she's doing it online. So I think we'll promote it on the social medias. Yes, anyway. we, we'll find um, it. It's definitely worth checking out. And it's called Alexa, Tell Us a Dad Joke. And it's very funny. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. But I think so. comedy is a good way of dealing with grief. Oh, totally. Um, and it's been I'm, one of the ways that I found easiest because I don't want to be sad all the time. That's just not a fun life. And, and making jokes because he was a guy who was a joker anyway. Yeah. And he was a really funny guy who would hate for anyone to keep moping around about it. So I think he'd love a dead dad joke. But I think you use it, and this is going to sound in such poor taste. You use it as such like a, I don't want to do this thing. My dad is dead. <laughs> I did kind it a thing. little bit I, early In a joke, on, you it? always do yeah. it jokey. You're not, you're never being serious. Like, no. I don't think in our relationship you've ever actually, I've never been like, Billy, you need to do the bins. And you're like, my dad's dead. And then not actually done them. No. It's, a, it's the same, my partner hates it. Because he's like, yeah. this is like crying wolf. And I won't know when you're actually sad. And they're like, but my dad's dead. <laughs> I actually i knew a guy once who had various mental health issues as many of us do uh, and whenever someone told him to do something he'd always say but i'm mentally ill <laughs> which is just as bad i mean and i'm never using what you've got exactly you know? and i'm not using it as an excuse ever because i'm somebody who's very much like let's keep going let's just do everything yeah um, yeah, yeah. But I just thought, when hearing this quote, honour thy mother and thy father, I was like, oh, maybe it is time to kind of talk about him a little bit. And then I thought of like how other cultures kind of honour their dead. And 
I instantly went to Disney's Coco. (laughs) Yeah. But when, I just want to say, but when, um, are we using his name? He can't get mad. So Philip (laughs) Scadden. So when Scad, your stepdad died. Obviously you called me because I'm like your best friend, like one of your many best friends. And I didn't know how to react because I've never had such a close friend who'd lost someone so important to them. And I remember I drove to your house. I got a taxi to your house. I think I got a taxi because I didn't have a car at this point. I remember it. You got a lift um, with somebody, but then you also needed to get a taxi home because you needed some clothes, and then you came back. Did I stay the night? No. Well, I left very early in the morning. I stayed until you left, until you got picked up by yeah. your family. But <laughs> I remember I panicked so much, and I didn't know. I kind of like in my head, I was like, "How do people deal with grief?" So I got a box of IKEA biscuits because that's all I, I had in the it. cupboard. I loved it. They were my favorite. Um, a bottle of wine and then a bottle of whiskey, and like I stopped on the way and got some more cigarettes because you'd stopped smoking at this point. Do you know what I will never forgive you for? Is that what? when you went back to get clothes, you were like, "Is there anything I need to pick up on the way?" And I said to you, "Marlboro Golds." I I, I need to smoke oh, Marlboro Golds, and then I came back. And you came back and I was like, oh, have you got my cigarettes? You were like, I didn't get you any cigarettes. Not even the wrong brand, not even some rollies that you'd (laughs) pre-rolled. You just didn't get me any cigarettes. Billy, this was an emotional time for me. (laughs) Your dad had died. (laughs) (laughs) No, he hasn't. My dad is fine. I do not wish that on him. But yes, let's talk about something more sensible. Uh, Disney's Coco. Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, so I kind of thought of how in Mexican culture they honour their family with an ofrenda. Yeah. Ofrenda. It looks like a shrine, but it's, it's made to look like an altar rather than a shrine. Um, and it's it's not for worship though. It's it's to remember and honor the memory of their ancestors. So, in Mexico, they will go back to grandparents, great grandparents, great great grandparents, and it is colorfully decorated and lit with candles. And it it's part of the Day of the Dead, the Dia de los Muertos celebrations, which is people equate to our Halloween, but it's not really. A similar thing happens in LA with the Latinx community that they make it quite big and make it quite a festival. So maybe in the kind of setting of a Dia de los Muertos celebration, they brought in those more Latinx American... Maybe. I don't... I mean, like I say, this was your section. I've not done the research. No, exactly. Um, But yeah, I think Dia de los Muertos is a really interesting Mm -hmm. festival because like in other religions or other countries, obviously everyone worships family or respects uh, past family differently. Like we've got yeah. graves, which aren't as But they're fun. so sad. With Scad, we've actually done a quite a nice thing where he's in the corner. He's not... We did... <laughs> he's in the corner. <laughs> like no one puts he's baby in a corner because that's where Scad is. <laughs> I'm going to make a sign that says that. No, we, we put his ashes in between my mum and my sister in their business. They've, I'll talk about this a little bit more when I get onto the mother portion. So Scad sits with them while they go around their day. And they've got plants around him and it's really colourful. And I think that's what I like about an ofrender. It's not a wet, mossy grave or a little plaque at a crematorium. It's full of life, it's full of colour, yeah. and it's fun. Well, it's interesting. And again, the only way I know about this is from a Disney movie. Mm. Now, from the 1990s... Uh, Disney Mulan. I'm not going to reference the new one because I'm not paying to see it. No. I'm going to wait till it comes Don't out. Don't pay I to pack. see it, people. It's destroying independent cinemas. <laughs> 
thanks. But they have quite some, not somber. I think the shrines in like East Asia, especially the ones that are kind of depicted in Milan, they are, look beautiful and they're very big on the family aspect. You know, you'll never bring your family honor. As my favorite quote from that movie. Okay, I mom. She's like, where she's like, far Mulan. I love that movie so much. But it's obviously very different to the colours. And obviously you've got the marigolds, are the flower. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they connect you to the land of the dead. Yeah, exactly. But it's just beautiful. Like, the stuff they make is beautiful. And I, like, anyone who's never been to Mexico, I went a couple of years ago. And I, in my head, it's really bad. I expected Mexico to just be deserts and cacti. I'm not going to lie about it. Mm. And then Cancun. Yeah. Like, that's all I thought of. And I went and I went to these beautiful cities, like, above the cloud layer and petrified waterfalls and these beautiful little towns. Like, it's stunning. Like, I recommend anyone to go. It's on my bucket list, especially, like, not to be too culture touristy, but Dia de los Muertos is something that I would really like to experience. Yeah, um, I was going to... A friend of mine went last year. If anything, to have more of that kind of connection with the dead, because that's what it's about. It's about celebrating and having that connection with your ancestors. So I thought mainly about the ofrenda and how that is used to honour the dead. And so I looked into it a bit more and there's and there's four elements. And I thought I'd tell you about the four elements and then say how I do an ofrenda to SCAD. I thought that'd be fun. That's really nice. Thank you. Thank you for sounding like a middle-aged woman that I've just told my dad's dead. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. I'm, sorry I'm for here your if loss. you need to talk. Please fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So on every ofrenda, it, it includes the four elements... Water, wind, earth, and fire. Um, and other great eighties bands. Exactly. <laughs> so water is left in a pitcher, so the spirits can quench their thirst. Papal nice. picado, which also in Coco, go watch Coco. It's bloody great. Are uh, the paper banners, which are usually handmade out of paper and are colourful, and mm-hmm. they flow and they represent the wind because they blow in the wind. Nice. And earth, which is represented with food, especially bread, and candles, which are often left in the form of a cross to represent the cardinal directions so the spirits can light their way. Yeah, yeah. that's really nice and respectful, and I feel like we're about to ruin that. So with water <laughs> <laughs> and quenching their thirst, Scad loved a well-made ale. His favourite was a porter, or even a plum porter. There was that one you got in your in in your village in your town, Blue Moo. That Christmas one. Uh, that- Belgian blue. Belgian blue. I was Belgian blue. blue. I love which Belgian is blue. they only make at Christmas. Um, I, I need to remember the brewer. I will find the brewer and put it on the socials. And they only make it at Christmas, and it has the blue tinge, and it's very nice. Very tasty. Very nice, and it's always on at Christmas. So I would put out a selection of ales and also maybe some whiskey. That's what he'd call his medicine. If he was ever had toothache or just felt sick, he would just sit with some honey Jack Daniels and be like, I've got my medicine. This is fine. With the Papel Picado, I've gone in a different kind of vein, and I would use Manchester United scarves. And I That would blow in the wind. That would blow in the wind, and I kind of got this idea, because at home we've got a framed thing that Scad made before he died, with all his Manchester United tickets in, nice. that he ever went to see, and I thought, that's really cute, and I just thought, seeing the scarves fly would be really nice. Earth represented with food. Scad also loved food. We went to Glasgow last year for his birthday and he said it was one of his favourite birthdays we'd ever had and we had a whole suckling pig. (laughs) 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 Not like a big pig, like a a small pig. And I remember that we were eating it and at one point we got to these things that looked like kidneys and steak and kidney pie and we ate them and they were so delicious and we asked the waitress and she went and asked the chef, she came back like, 
those are just lymph nodes what you've eaten we're like delicious lymph nodes <laughs> <laughs> bloody good lymph nodes i must say steel lymph nodes and to this day i don't know what a lymph node is <laughs> uh, the bits okay you know when you're sick if you put your three or two fingers oh. at the back of your jaw and they those like swell up like your those glands. Are your lymph nodes. right yeah those are your lymph nodes i think they're f- bloody delicious and candles. I didn't really think about the candles. Like I thought about lighters and Scad didn't smoke. Uh, and he really I mean, hated everyone else smoking. You are allowed to use candles. I mean, yeah, but he wasn't a candle guy. He liked his tech. Maybe something techy. Oh, like a, like a plasma ball. Yes. Yes. That would be cool. Um, so that would be Scad's a friender. And obviously flowers and other offerings. And then I kind of thought I couldn't just talk about Scad. That wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Because the other part of that team is the MVP creator of Mr. Smacklegs, Sammy. Nice. Badass Sammy. And you know Sammy. Love you, Sammy. I love Sammy, yeah. Like, what do you love about Sammy? I think she is very down to earth. I always enjoy having a chat with her. Mm-hmm. I love it when she comes to Bath. Oh, when, obviously, when I live there. Because whenever we went for a drink, she'd, like, ask me a question about you when you were right there. <laughs> and she'd, like, she'd, she didn't even bother putting a hand up. She'd be there like, so what do you think of Billy doing this? <laughs> And she just, I love, I was like, yes. And she's just, oh, she's just a gem of a woman. She's amazing. She is badass Sammy. And she's always something that I will always look up to. And when I asked my sisters for funny stories, my sister came back with just superlatives about Sammy and things that she loved. I was like, fair enough. I asked for funny things, Maisie. Get with the brief. But some of the things she said was, I love her laugh. I love her smile. I love her nature. Um, I love her kindness. And she always says, you are kind, you are smart, you are important, which is from The Help. Ah, I love that movie. Viola Davis is a star. Fantastic. She then also said, when she made sausage shepherd's pie when my boys came around, no context. Just that she made sausage shepherd's pie. Whose boys? Maisie's boys. Maybe boyfriends? But why are there many of them? (laughs) The boys to the yard. My sausage shepherd's pie brings the boys to the yard. Um, how she calls sausage her son. Sausage is our dog, sausage. And then just other embarrassing stories about me. So I have just jotted down the top three favourite stories about Sammy. Would you like all three? Or would you like to hear you... the titles and you pick? You do you. What would you rather do? Okay. So I'll try and summarise all of them really quickly. The Shush Incident. Once, I used to be quite quiet as a kid and I wouldn't talk very often. And one, just one day I was chatting loads and Sammy just turned to me and went, shh. <laughs> and I just said, mum, you, you've just shushed me. She's like, oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> See, this is, this is why she doesn't need the hand anymore because she knows she's just going to say what she Literally, thinks. Literally, she's like, oh, did I, did I actually say that out loud? Did it work though? Because I stopped in my trash. <laughs> just shh. Just a shush, like not even mid-sentence, looked me dead in the eye and went, I think she was trying to put like a gypsy curse on you. Maybe. She had some dust. What else has she been thinking? I have the Great Yorkshire Sculpture Park Fall, which sounds like the Reichenbach Fall. It's not a Sherlock Holmes story. So she had bought this really nice, I think it was Desigual coat, and she loved it. And at the time, I had a Spanish exchange friend over, and she was like, let's show them Yorkshire Sculpture Park, because that's a nice bit of culture and it had been raining and it was so muddy and she was not wearing the right footwear and she looked like she went to fall and scad went and grabbed her was like are you all right she was like yeah i'm fine and you know when somebody just stands up from falling you think oh they're gonna be fine after about two seconds she just falls on the ground 
Oh, God. In, covered in mud in her new coat. So we had to go and sit in the cafe and wipe her down. Do you know what? I think a lot of people have a story about their mothers falling. Do you have one? Um, <laughs> I do, actually. We were in Florida and we went in summer. And summer's actually quite a bad time to go to Florida because they have quite bad storms. Mm. And so we were trying to get into, I want to say, an Outback Steakhouse. Love an Outback Steakhouse. Dad had barked the car. Oh, and mum was not wearing the right footwear and a white top. And <laughs> mum slipped in the rain because there was maybe like two inches of water on the ground and it was torrential rain. Yeah. But she skidded <laughs> and she aquaplaned. Maybe like, it must have been a hard fall, like 10 metres on this car park, but in a white top. Oh, <laughs> And then um, she didn't quite understand me and my si- admittedly, me and my sister just laughed, and then my dad had accidentally locked himself in the car. So he was like, "Come on, look at him!" Like trying to get out of this car. And me and my sister were just laughing. And mum, I, I think she was fine. And then she couldn't wait to get her a different shirt from this restaurant because she couldn't realise why all the waiters kept staring at her. Amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah, I love yeah, this. I think uh, mothers, when you fall, your children will laugh, but we will help you get back up eventually, and we'll remember it forever. We will remember it forever and talk about it on an international exactly. podcast. <laughs> um, and my last one is from when I wanted to introduce my partner to my parents. And they surprised me on a birthday. You had a partner. It's not all about you. But the next day, we went out on an unintentional pub crawl. We went from the Botrin Bath and ended up at Las Iguanas. <laughs> was, this, was this the same day I met you at the Raven? Yeah, possibly. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we literally went from the boater through town, going from pub to shop to pub. And then we got to Las Iguanas and Sammy doesn't really drink that much. She likes a drink. She just doesn't want to be drunk. And then throughout this day, she had been fine until we sat down at Las Iguanas and she finished her mojito and just turned to me and went, I'm so drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to the shush incident, almost like she didn't know how she was saying it, just like, I'm so drunk. And I put her in Scudder Taxi and it was very cute. And I must say that I'm not just saying the funniest stories, just a shame mother. And she did say when I asked how I would how she'd like to be honoured, just verbally big me up in the funniest way. With Um, laughing emojis, heart emojis. Nice. Since Scad has I never know how to say it, man. Since Scad died, her and my sister have been working so hard together. One, to just get through it all. And also, they have quit their jobs and made a business, which... It's it's so cool. It's inc- Like, they've, they've stepped it up. They um, have. I've never been prouder of them because it is so cool and so successful. It is the Painted Parlour, which is a nail salon, that they revamped the top floor of our house to make. And it is so cool, so welcoming. They regularly have like mother and daughter visits or just friend visits. Um, and it's welcoming to like everyone. Like you could be Dave the Builder or Dave, you know, the idol from a couple of episodes back. <laughs> and if you want to go in and get a French tip, she will go in and get a French tip. Exactly. Fully. And that's what they kind of pride themselves on because they always wanted somewhere to go where they could talk about stuff and be themselves is that. They want to be that hand to hold and that person to listen. So go and follow Painted Parlour. If you're in Yorkshire, obviously try and pop in and go and see them. But they do still do press on sets that they send out to you. Amazing. And you need to buy some because they're mad that Candy hasn't bought nails. (laughs) 
Hmm. I don't think we've talked about Candy. That another episode. Oh god. No, she comes up later slightly. Oh. Who is Candy? So that's how I took that quote. Where did you go with this? So I wanted to go on a slightly different route because I mean I love my family. I won't deny. I'm not going to deny that fact because that would be terrible to put onto a podcast. Horrible. But after obviously discussing what you were going to go through, I kind of wanted to avoid a direct familial route. Mm-hmm. My parents will pop up slightly. Uh, I mean, Mum already has so. Aquaplaning Karen. <laughs> oh, not say the name. Aquaplaning oh, do, mother. Do they not want to be named? I don't think so. <sighs> Too late for Sammy and dead Phil. Right. <laughs> go on. Sorry. <laughs> oh God. So I thought I would talk about a different way of family because being part of the LGBTQIA plus community, many of us have a situation. I'm actually very lucky that I've my parents are great about me being gay. They're very supportive. I don't get me wrong. I don't think if they caught me doing stuff on the kitchen table. We'd have to have a discussion, but American they pie know... with the wrong way around. <laughs> like, <laughs> the pie's on top. The pie's on top. You've oh made a God. pastry dick. Yeah, next time I come home and I'm like, I bought a Struzel's cooking from Little, they're going to be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> but um, a lot of LGBTQ people, you know, they do have issues with their parents and their families. And it's, I don't think it's right to say that that's like a way of life, yeah. because I don't think that's the way it should be personally, but it is a realisation that it does happen. And so I thought I would talk about uh, my experience with different LGBTQ families. Does that sound cliche? Yeah, I think it sounds cute. It does sound cute. Obviously, when I was at uni, I, I joined the LGBTQ society and it was great. I was LGBTQ liberation rep. Uh, was I called I you king everything. of the gays? King of the gays, as I was. <laughs> and I had a great time. But I think when I graduated, I kind of not lost that part of my life, but it definitely got pushed down a little bit until I joined a gay rugby team. I love rugby Gareth. <laughs> Why do you, just, do you suggest that rugby Gareth isn't normal Gareth? It feels like, I don't know, it's just everyone has those personas, isn't it? And like when you're a rugby boy, you were just happier and it's nice as a friend. I was. Yeah. And I think especially during 2020, there's no there's no point in even calling it lockdown or COVID because that's just 2020 it's now. just life. Because like, I had to stop playing rugby just over a year ago because I hurt my ankle. And then when it had recovered... Uh, I had a working situation, which meant I couldn't continue, which was, uh, it was a bath of shame. Like, you you know, I was very upset about this. But joining a gay rugby team, joining a gay rugby team changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just want want to talk about that, because I think a lot of people, when they hear the phrase gay rugby team, they think... Oh, they're just, they're fucking. That's all they, I think that's true. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, it's not a complete lie, (laughs) but it's not, it wasn't everything. Like it was a gay and inclusive team. There were straight people on it. There were bisexual people on it. I know a lot of the IGR teams, which is international gay rugby. I know a lot of their teams now have women's teams and all this stuff. So it's, it's really just about inclusivity. Maybe it's called inclusive gay rugby. Maybe. Maybe I should have done more research on the thing I did for a year. Perhaps. And then you're <laughs> hopefully still doing. Well, yes, it's a bit complicated at the minute, but I'm hoping to join another team. So the team I was in is the Bristol Bisons, and I still love them to death. Like, they were absolutely amazing. It was a great time. Ironically, on the like family thing, I actually went on rugby tour with the uh, Bristol Bisons. We were in Newcastle, and the theme for the tour, I was the tour virgin, because I'd never been on one. Mm. And the theme for the tour was actually babies and daddies. So we all got paired up. So I was a baby. I had like full on like dummy, sippy cup. Also, I'm not going to lie. Drinking on a night out with a sippy cup is arguably the greatest idea. You can dance and not lose any drink. Not a, not a single drop. Oh, Genius. Perfect. Genius. But I had an amazing daddy. His name was Lee. And there were all these rules and we'd have all these permission slips. Uh, long story short, I wanted to cop off with an attractive 
guy from Newcastle, Geordie. Mm. A Geordie. A, a wee Geordie lad. A wee Geordie. And he was, he was such a slight man. He was very nice, though. And my daddy Lee had to sign my permission slip and take a photo of me, of me making out with said man mm. and holding the permission slip, which I still found. I'm so, going to love put it on Lee. socials. It's going to happen. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> love you, Lee. Thank you for being a great daddy. Anyway, but yeah, so IGR, International Gay Rugby, started officially in the 90s, early 90s, when a team in London called the King's Cross Steelers were established. There's actually a movie about them that's just come out, I think. that's good. But the cool thing is, so it started off with one team in London, one single team, the King's Cross Steelers. Now, there's at least 30 teams in the UK and over 80 teams worldwide. Wow. Which I think is wicked. And like, you know, you can be almost anywhere in the world and find a team. Yeah. Which is great, which is what I'm trying to do now. But I'm like halfway between two different teams. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should vote for me, listeners. Should I join the Chester Centurions or the Birmingham Bulls? I feel like you're more of a bull guy. Just saying. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what defender answer? Because, like, you're quite hot-headed. You're strong. You're defensive. Centurions, I don't know, it just sounds a bit... I mean, in, in, I would say Centurions are arguably more strong in defending yeah. because that's what they're known for, <laughs> being strong in defending things. But it also feels like somebody gave them a dictionary and were like, oh, shall we be the Chester, I don't know, cage fires? No, already taken. Shall we be the Chester, I don't know, chefs, whatever. And they're like, yeah, shit on the team names. You asked me. Why? <laughs> okay, so if you had to create a team for Bath... Uh. And I'll create one for Shrewsbury. What would you call your team, your gay ladies rugby team? To yourself? Bath Barbarians. Barbarians are already a thing that you can't use barbarians. Where are the barbarians? barbarians? Barbarians are an international team that if you're at a rugby tournament, an IGR tournament, and there's like random members of other teams all work together oh. and they have their own uniform, not yeah. uniform, kit. They have their mm. own kit, but you wear your own team socks. Okay, that's fair. Hmm, Bath. So, listeners, after a short interlude where we've just spoken to each other and sat there staring into the distance for about three minutes, Billy, what's your team name? Bath Battle Axes. Good. And I've gone for the Shrewsbury Smugglers. If you'd like to join our IGR teams, which don't exist, tweet us. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to talk about this because one of the most famous members of an IGR team is a guy called Mark Bingham. And he was in the news a lot quite recently because he was one of the passengers on United Airlines Flight 93 which is the flight that wasn't going to New York. It was aimed towards Washington. Shit. He was part of a team called the San Francisco Fog. Okay. And he was a public relations exec, and I don't know why he was on the flight, but he was one of the few that actually stopped the terrorists. They actually broke into the cockpit and stopped them, and they crashed the plane. So he did lose his life, which is a massive shame, because it was... Everyone said that he smashed the gay stereotype, which I think was... It's nice. I think he opened a lot of doors. And especially being on a rugby team, you either get the stereotype or you smash it. It's a really odd mix. And I just think it's great either way. And he also saved however many countless lives by doing that. Like he's... Exactly. He's an amazing legacy. And there is the Bingham Cup, which happens every couple of years, which is an international rugby tournament in his name. It's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's rugby... And I thought I'd talk about another LGBTQ faction, which is drag. So the thing with drag is I think most people recognise drag from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, it's like huge now. It's like Countdown. 
But yeah, I did have I did have a drag family. I used to run a queer feminist cabaret burlesque night thing at an amazing pub in Bath called the Bell Inn, which I recommend everyone goes to as soon as you are safe to do so. But I had a little I had a little house. I had my first daughter was actually from uh, the Bison. She was from the Bristol Bison. So we were also House of Bison. I should also say my drag name was Candy Flip. We were House of Flip. Mm-hmm. But from the House of Bison as well, my adopted daughter was Yoko Bangkok. Who was Love it. stunning and so good at what she did. Love your we work. did a lip sync and she lip lip synced in Chinese and she's actually Thai. And I was like, you are better than I am. <laughs> and then I had two daughters and I had uh, my dear friend, Katie, who did our amazing logo. So give her some love. It was Pancake Flip. Great nice. name. And then uh, a dear friend of mine, Beth, became my little gothic teen angst daughter, Dreadful Penny Flip. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, but the thing with drag is a lot of drag language actually comes from the ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. Now, the ballroom scene was really big in the 80s and 90s. It's still around today, but that's kind of where it had its roots. Roots. <laughs> I hate that joke still. Uh, <laughs> and it was famous. It's primarily where African-American or Latin-American or Latinx LGBTQ people would join. So it was mainly it was a place for people of colour because I didn't realise that in this time there was actually a well, it sounds bad to say that I didn't realise it, but in my head, I thought the LGBT community would always just glue together mm-hmm. as like that's their diversity. But yeah. within there are mass, there are massive rifts that there shouldn't be, and there still are today, yeah. which are disgusting. And honestly, if you're on Grinder and you've written no fats, no femmes, no Asians, fuck off, toxic human. Fuck I- off. And I don't think it's bad to say that you didn't know. You've educated yourself since, and you're you learn better now like there's a lot of friends that i know who have n- no idea of the queer world and then they got on drag race and i was like do you actually know about x y and z they're like oh my, oh my god no I'm like, Come on. well this is the thing a lot of the language oh thank you by the way yeah. a lot of the language that comes from drag <laughs> is from the ballroom scene tends mm-hmm. across the board houses yeah work is one of the face like, face serving face serving body beat and like all obviously voguing voguing uh-huh. is one of the biggest things now in within this ballroom world, there was what was called houses, spelled H A U S. I said House of Flip, House of Bissant, but there were these different houses, and they were normally led by more experienced people in the scene, so like older members, and they could be trans people or people of color. There's all these different people, which is an amazing melting pot of creativity and diversity. And if you look into it, there are some brilliant looks and brilliant routines. Mm-hmm. And one of the houses I wanted to talk about is the House of Extravaganza. Ooh, which nice. I think is arguably currently one of the more famous houses. Now, the House of Extravaganza was started in 1982 by, a, I'm going to probably butcher all these names, so I do apologise in advance, by a gentleman called Hector Valle, V-A-L-L-E, mm. and soon after Angie Extravaganza, who was featured in Paris is Burning, if anyone's seen that, mm-hmm. became the mother. Full disclosure, I have not seen all of Paris is Burning. Yeah. I am a... Terrible homosexual. The worst. I still have to finish The Queen, which is like another iconic um, documentary about drag queen scene in the 60s. I've also not seen that. (laughs) You won't get Arja's, like, you have to do it to understand Arja's snatch game. Fully I am for shame. For shame. For shame. I'm, I'm constantly trying to educate myself and learn more. But then I always end up just watching Weekend because I think it's damn cute. Oh, okay. I like a pride. 
Just a quick thing on gay movies. I know we're probably going to have to cut this because of time. Right. Brokeback Mountain and God's Own Country do not provide evidence that you can just spit on your penis and put it in. But they but... do show how to make a gilet for a lamb. Oh my God, that's a real thing. Like, people do that. It's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. What were we talking about? Paris is burning. Mm. Right. So this house has been really popular in loads of different ways and different formats. For example, two of the members, Jose Gutierrez and Luis Camacho, were actually in Madonna's Voguing video. Oh. Voguing is, is how to explain it? It's a dance taken from Paris runway, L- like model moves. Yes, but Madonna made it mainstream. Uh-huh. She took it from this culture. It's not aggress- not the kind of thing Madonna would normally do. What? She-, <laughs> she took this pure thing from its culture and made it mainstream, but actually did do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. It could have worked a bit harder, just saying Madonna. Yeah. And the other two members of House Extravaganza uh, that I want to talk about are both in the TV show Pose by Ryan Murphy. Don't get me wrong. It's not 100% accurate, but I think it's great. And the two main ones are India Moore, who plays Angel in the TV show, and also Alexia Garcia, who plays Aphrodite, which I did not know. I knew about India Moore because I stand for everything she does. Mm -hmm. Alexia Garcia, I didn't know, was an extravaganza. But amazing. I can see why. They're all stunning. Oh, all yeah. Great. Amazing. And if TV and music isn't your thing, there is an amazing book by a guy called Joseph Cassara called The House of Impossible Beauties, which Dreadful Penny Flip, my dear Beth, bought me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I burned through it. I couldn't stop reading it. It was absolutely stunning. And I recommend it to anyone. But yeah, so what I want people to take from this is even if you can't necessarily honor your mother and father because of your situation, there is always a family out there for you somewhere. You've just mm-hmm. got to find them. Yeah, it's really cute. I loved it. And the thing with this quote as well that I found quite interesting was I spoke to my dad about it. (laughs) And he said that it wasn't about honouring your mother and father anymore, especially Mm -hmm. in the age we're in now. It's more about understanding. Okay. Right? Yeah. The wise words of my father. Um, Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams. But he said, you know, he didn't have a computer with internet until the early thir- till his early thirties. I just said mm. the early thirties. My dad is not like a hundred <laughs> years old <laughs> until he was in his early thirties. You know, he was alive when the Berlin Wall fell. Mm. Like when he was a kid on TV, all there was was Vietnam and Northern Ireland. Yeah, and like the troubles. And <laughs> my dad. I will say, so we've actually re-recorded this bit, guys, because of sound quality. Mm -hmm. Originally, I said, my dad was in a submarine under the polar ice caps for six months. He wants me to say the truth, that he was under there for two months, because apparently being underwater for six months is unrealistic. For me, any time underwater longer than about five minutes is disgusting. I was going to say, like... Two months still sounds bizarre. Horrible. (laughs) Isn't that totally weird? Horrible. Yeah, I think it's good for this quote is that it's not about honouring. You don't owe anything to your parents, I think. Mm. They do help you. They help you through your life. But I think we could all, I think we could all probably work harder to understand our parents, especially now I'm living with mine. Yeah. Because that's a whole other experience, moving back in after being independent for a while. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it's going all right. I'm actually having quite a good time. Yeah, that's sweet. But that's all I have. Yeah. Create your own family. What have you learned this week? So I've learned that there are a few ways that I can honour my dad and hopefully he's happy with them. Hopefully he doesn't haunt me too much. Um, I've learned that 
I'm not in the house of Flip, which is mad to say You're... that I've I've tucked you into so many corsets, <laughs> and I've done the fucking legwork, and I ain't got a name. So, listeners, wanna... help me make my flip name. I, by next episode, I'll have a flip name. I'll be in the house. And yeah, I've I've learned that that you can always educate yourself more about other families, and and you can always make your own family. I think I've definitely learned about how much love you have for your family. I think it's very admirable. Thank you. Uh, I think Thank you. Learning a bit more about your friend is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I knew this before, but if you want your nails did good, go to the Painted Parlour. Check them out. At the Painted Parlour. I'll share them all on the Facebooks and there'll be links and everything. But I think they follow us anyway. So if you yeah. want to go before I share the links, go there. Want to impress the boys on your IGR team? Go to the Painted Parlour. They do press-ons, everything. And we do have a correction from last week. Unfortunately, I'm very sorry, listeners. It's an important one. It's really, Um, really important. Mama Williams has told us that the ice cream my father bought wasn't a chalk ice on a stick. It was, in fact, a mini Viennetta on a stick. Worse. So middle class. That would slide about everywhere. Again, very thin chocolate, very cheap ice cream. Where can you listen to us? So you can listen to us on Anchor, where we publish. Thank you very much, Anchor. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Too many to list now, really. Sorry, Um, I'm being attacked by my sister's dog. Oh, (laughs) Chino, he wants to listen. He says, please listen or I'll eat Gareth. (laughs) Thank you for everyone that has left us a review uh, as well. We are doing quite well for us. Mm-hmm. And obviously, don't forget to check out all our social media on Twitter at Songs of Strays and Instagram and Facebook, Songs of Strays Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you could also share the podcast, let everyone know. It really, it seems so dumb to say, please share us on your stories and on your Facebook, but it really does help us get out there um, and leave reviews and subscribe wherever you can. Yeah. Would you like oh. to know? Oh, go on. No, our shout out for our new country listeners. <gasps> Lovely. Welcome to South Africa. Hello. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, love your work. Love your work. Brown bread. All that. <laughs> White bread, brown bread. White bread, brown bread. I can't do it. South We're African sorry about too. our accents. John, if you awesome. think you can do a better British accent and you're from South Africa, send us a voice message on Anchor. Please do it. Because I can just say love your work. What's our next commandment? Next one is one I'm I'm super excited about. Um, thou sure. shalt not. Right, let me do that again. Thou shalt not kill. Why are you so excited? I don't know how this. I'm is a true crime fan. You are love the murders. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to die. Yeah. Don't want to be killed. Right. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I've got some cool ideas in my head. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go out the box next week. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what happens. Tune in next week, and thank you again for listening. As always, for all you sinners out there, don't forget to stay hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed.